kiddos. Welcome to Dad Feelings. This is a podcast about fictional father figures. Sometimes? Whoa, who knows if it is or isn't? Some some weeks it is, but this is not one of those weeks. It's not about a fictional father figure this week, and we should probably update that tagline at some point, but that's for future merit to worry about. Uh, this week, I am joined by the publisher of Youth in Decline, um, zine maker and recent dad, Ryan Sands. Hello. Hi there. Hello. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. I was nervous because I wondered if I was fictional or not. <laughs> this whole time you've been fictional. Oh man, you've, <laughs> been, a- you've been a character in one of your own comics. It's like that, <laughs> it's like Comic Zone, that, that old Sega Genesis game. <laughs> yeah, I'm a deep, deep method actor when it comes to everything I do. <laughs> Yeah, so you, um, I think we uh, we sort of met through comic stuff um, because I, I have a lot of friends in comics. Um, we um, we were both good friends with Michael DeForge, friend of the network. Yes, and um, <laughs> and you became a dad recently. I did. Yes, I. It worked. I did it. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a. Well, yes, we've known each other for a long time. I love your work. Oh, I learned you. a lot you from, from your other podcast, and I really liked your book. And so, of course, I found a way for us to meet at a comics festival or something. But, um, yeah, my life my life flipped, turned upside down about <laughs> uh, five months ago. My, um, my wife and I have a daughter named Naomi who was born in uh, January. So we're about five and a half months into it, uh, hence my uh, confused brain, sore throat, and general, like, diminished self. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, God, so you have, um, because you do youth and a client, um, and then you, now you have a child, and you also have a day job? Yeah, I still have my day job. I work at YouTube. So um, I basically manage, like, a team of writers, so, um, who write like, welcome to YouTube. Here's how you use this new feature thingy. So yeah, my, my, my life is a story of like intense compartmentalization. <laughs> <laughs> I have like my real, my day job and then my fun job, which is publishing comics. And then my like life's work now, which is like, don't mess up the baby. <laughs> Don't mess up uh, the baby. Yeah. yeah, that's like uh, the alternate tagline for this show, I think. <laughs> yeah, that was the alternate tagline for my story, too. And it, you know, we'll see. I don't know how it turned <laughs> out. But, um, yeah, how many, How? what's the percentage for real dads versus fictional dads so far? Oh, Am I one of the few or have you talked to many real dads? I would say that you are still in the minority. Um, okay. We, it's something that we have always wanted to do, and we've only really started doing it in the last couple of months. So I would say okay. maybe ten percent um, okay. of our episodes are are that. Um, but I'm curious because you're doing all this stuff. You have like all these different jobs, and I feel like in your capacity as someone who is running this um, this publishing outfit. At Youth and Decline, mm-hmm. um, to me, be like that kind of role feels like a parental role for a community sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that <laughs> is, has that been your experience? 
Oh God, I hadn't thought of that, but um, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, our our thing is it, it's pretty small. It it's me and then my wife Jane, who also did. I have to be honest, the majority of the work with the baby. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I, I constantly made a joke about doing half the work and got yelled at and yelled down. Um, I also made the joke that the baby is half sperm, which did not go over well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're half egg and half sperm. She's like, she's a infant. Don't say that. That's horrible. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, youth in decline. We're, we're fairly small, but I guess our, our, our marching orders, as far as I see it, is um, we do a lot of small books. So we do these little side projects from well-known people like like Jillian Tamaki or Michael DeForge. And then the other main thing we do is sort of like finding up-and-coming artists and then using a project with us as sort of an excuse to formalize their work into something. So it's Mm -hmm. like, we have to make an issue of this series together. Let's take the cool thing that you're playing with or you're trying to do and turn it into a real book. And along the way, hopefully the up and coming artist like gets paid, um, learns about production and all of that. And so in that sense, like I try not to be, that kind of uh, paternalistic while also trying to be very, like, supportive. So I, I, in that sense, like, I mean, my favorite people to work with are the ones who I saw their work when they were starting to figure it out, and then they just, like, accelerated. Like, Mm -hmm. they just got that feeling of, like, there's something here, and I'm going to work my ass off to figure out what's interesting about it. And I think, like, my friend Sophia Foster Domino is, like, the most standout sort of example of that where like I met her when she was a teenager and I was uh, writing a zine about, uh, I was writing a, a blog about uh, manga and horror and things like that. And so we did a contest, like do a comic strip for this, this first zine we were doing and Sophia entered and won and cause hers was so good. And then we sort of became friends over time from that. And now she's like one of the greatest living cartoonists. So mm-hmm. <laughs> seeing people sort of as they're figuring it out and trying to like do whatever I can, which is not a lot, but like help them print the book, teach them about the risograph, throw some money at them and just like distribute it to people. Like, yeah, it it is sort of parental and I do feel very proud. So if that's like a parental thing, (laughs) then yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it feels like kind of a nurturing thing to me. And like, it struck me when you were talking just now, when you were saying like, oh, like, I don't do much. I just, you know, I do what I can, which is, like, getting this book published and throwing some money at them, blah, blah, blah. Like, I hear parents talk about parenting in that way sometimes of, like, at the end of the day, like, you're doing your best, um, and but there's there's so many factors outside of your control. And, like, so you are just doing your best to, like, provide an environment for this person to flourish. And, like, the context is obviously very different when you're working with an adult um, uh, comic artist than it is when you're working with, like, a, a new person (laughs) Uh, a person who is new to being a person and not just new to comics or whatever um but i think i feel like there are maybe maybe some kind of similarities there yeah i mean um yeah i think so i mean i guess the i don't i don't have a lot of like big dad aphorisms yet although Mm -hmm. i can feel them developing (laughs) but like i mean one of the main things is just that it's like every cliche is very true in different ways that are sort of like really universal and wonderful and also like really 
banal and cliche and weird, but um, yeah, with the bait, with the with with Naomi, it, uh, the hardest. Well, there's two things. I guess the hardest part is when we have a plan, and then it all goes haywire. So like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of like interesting, subtle stuff happening about like giving up control. Um, and then the other thing is just like being surprised by a person who my my I didn't know a lot of babies before this. She's uh-huh. kind of my <laughs> first, my first my first baby friend, and uh, I assumed incorrectly that she was like a weird blank slate and that there's this sort of weird narcissistic thing where like everything she knows about the world is what we tell her. And so like she will be the outcome of our inputs, I guess. And the truth is like, that's partially true, but it's not actually true. She's like weird and has a weird personality that's like innate. And I don't know where it's coming from. And so that, that surprises me Mm. a lot. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I could, I can imagine. Um, and that's just something I've heard from people is like, oh, yeah, like you have to sort of deal with the fact that like, OK, this is um, on the one hand, a helpless kind of like, well, a baby, I mean, in, in a very <laughs> obvious way. Um, but on the other hand, this is like also a person who is like yeah. developing in, in ways that you can't even fathom. Um, mm-hmm. And so juggling those things of like. Well, on the one hand, this is a person who is like making decisions about stuff, and on the other hand, like, well, um, some of those decisions are very bad and like don't reflect an understanding <laughs> of the world, and you have to sort of be like, well, no, you that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they're wonderful, wonderful, and like she also is like a completely like amoral person. Like <laughs> she, she has no morality other than cause and effect. So like. The hands-off, let's let them completely self-direct, like Montessori times a thousand approach, like won't work because they will like kill people and themselves, like by throwing themselves. Like she tried to throw herself off the couch recently, and I was like, no, 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 gravity. Oh God. <laughs> um, the 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 thing that I'm, I'm I haven't like had the time or energy because I basically like don't sleep at all. Like um, I traveled last week week for work and it was the first time I slept through the night in five and a half months and I like it's it does surreal things to your like brain like you know how it feels when you're super jet lagged like you flew back from another country or something and like you're outside it's like you flew back from I don't know like you were in Japan or Europe or something and you're super jet lagged but you're like arrived home at like 10 a.m. and everybody else is having a normal day but you're like I have to stay awake till 7 p.m. and like or else I'll go crazy and that's uh-huh. how I'll fix my like brain and so you're outside and like everything seems bright and like you're sweaty and everyone else is normal like that's how every day feels <laughs> oh, no. to a degree yeah but um sorry the thing you said before though about like them being their own person and it's really surprising the development stuff like I don't want to, we don't have to turn this into like baby physiology stuff uh, hour, but um, it happens suddenly. Like it's not linear at all. And so it literally is like a different person every week. And that is very weird. And it's, it did have, when I was really tired, I had this thought, which was like, maybe adults change that fast too, but we just don't give them the benefit of the doubt. And then I fell asleep. But But like literally one, like I went away for three days for a work thing and it was like, really hard to be away from Jane and like I felt really guilty to not be there to help with you know 
baby support. But I enjoyed getting to sleep, and then I came back, and while I was gone, she had figured out how to sit up by herself. And she couldn't do that before I left. And it was like in a matter of three days, she did this like weird step change where now she can sit up and look around without falling over. And it was just like, oh, my God, who, who is this weird baby? <laughs> who is this weird baby who lives in our house? Yeah, I mean, um, as a person who likes horror films and really likes like <laughs> The Brood and also The Good Son, one of my favorite movies. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's real weird. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is... What is what are those films about? Are they about evil babies? Yeah, well, the okay, so the Brood is a Cronenberg one, and it's basically I'm misremembering some of it, but it's like about scream therapy and everyone's internal like tra- trauma and struggles manifest physically as like these small dwarf mutant non-human phantoms that kind of look like evil toddlers uh-huh. and they attack and kill um, the person who caused the abuse, which is really insane and cathartic and scary and then the good son is about having a sociopath for a son um and it's macaulay culkin (laughs) (laughs) was this early macaulay culkin oh yeah oh have you oh have you not seen the good son we should just make this be a good son this is now a good son fan cast oh gosh yeah um the good son came out after home alone like right um I think I should look it up, but it was it was after Home Alone, but before everything else. So okay. it's mid-career. Before all it of his like, other work. It was his bangers, I would say. Like, he said the okay. F word. Ooh. Um, tried to kill Elijah Wood. Um, it's really scary. Wow. It's basically, it's basically Sophie's choice. Like, he doesn't like that he has, oh, my God, spoiler alert for all the uh, the good son fans who haven't found the time to watch it yet. But he um, he doesn't like that his... That he has a, a sibling, and so he, like, went insane and tries to kill the sibling and manipulate the parents. Oh my god! Wow. And I interviewed Macaulay Culkin in college <gasps> for the school paper, and it was about the movie Saved. Uh huh. Um, and I I asked about the uh oh wait no I'm misremembering it I interviewed okay no sorry I interviewed Elijah Wood. I wrote for my school paper, um, and so I interviewed Elijah Wood about um, Lord of the Rings, one of them, and we did, like, the three, or we had, like, seven minutes, so we did, like, the three whatever Lord of the Rings questions, and I was like, tell me about the good son, and he was like, what, what? (laughs) And so he told me, like, about playing, um, like, Murder in the Dark or whatever with Macaulay, Mm -hmm. and then a couple weeks later, I was supposed to interview Macaulay Culkin about Saved, and unbeknownst to my editor, I was writing, like, a The Good Son feature piece. But then I was stuck in traffic and I missed the interview. So I actually didn't get to ask Macaulay Culkin about The Good Son. Oh, but no. um, now I want to look it up. Does The Good Son have like a fandom? I don't know. Probably. It's quite a mo- yeah. Yeah. Just law of averages. It probably probably does. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, did you do a lot of, of prep going in? Because something that has come up, because I have talked to a few like okay. dads who are very recent dads as well, um, much like oh. yourself. And um, the question comes up sometimes of like, what do you, like how much prep do you do? Like, what do you do sort of like going in? Because like there is this feeling that some people have of like, what am I supposed to do? Um, there is like this whole industry now of uh, like mm-hmm. advice and stuff. And a lot of that for dads is boils down to some kind of gross, weird stuff. Um, uh 
Yeah. Did, did you encounter any of that or did you go to any classes or did you read any books or do any of that kind of thing? I, I did read some stuff. Um, my, I'm like to organize all the stuff I do, especially the zine stuff. Like I'm fairly type a, and then mm-hmm. my wife is like type a plus. Um, <laughs> we're like, we're not overbearing, but we're very organized. Like mm. I think. And so we, yeah, we did a, We did a lot. We did all the stuff like that. Those like I don't know what where it's coming from, but there's like this parental fear of not doing enough, and then there's like the capitalist like baby industrial complex that like tells you if you don't have all these items, the baby's gonna be. It's not so much like the baby's not gonna be healthy, but more like is gonna be behind. Like that's the subtext of all this stuff is these developmental milestones, and it's like. I don't know. We have we have some friends whose babies came really early or had to some you know mild or severe developmental issues, and like the the overriding message that I felt maybe I projecting or whatever, but it was this feeling of like if you don't do enough prep, your baby won't walk early, talk early, like all these big things that are supposed to matter. So that that drove a lot of it, like just this fear of not being prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we we took a class about how to like do baby CPR, which made me ball openly in a big crowded room like um it's horrible they like they like walk you through uh like a a scenario where you have to like drill the steps you'll do to do baby cpr which like i i almost like can't even talk about because it makes me so anxious but um and there were all these parents who like were already totally afraid and they were all like trying to do baby cpr on a dummy and then like all crying (laughs) No, oh my God. (laughs) But then there's other like, there's, there's, there's other fun stuff, which is just like learning how to do diapers and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, basically we, we live in a, in a one bedroom. It's the same apartment I've lived in for over 10 years in San Francisco and we have rent control, thank God, which is why we're still there. And, um, so we just turned our living room into like baby room, but, um, yeah, we got all, a lot of this stuff. I, I was my wife wanted to be prepared like a month and a half early because she's smart, and I told myself like, oh, we'll have like the baby will probably be late, like because it's the first time, our first time, and so there were things I left until literally the week before the baby was due, mm-hmm. um, because I'm I'm just like that. But um, <laughs> it, you figure it all out. Like the the funny thing is the baby. I mean, this is like some big obvious thing, but like baby really doesn't need anything. Like it doesn't even need toys. It's like a, a, a slug that wants food until <laughs> three months old. So like all the accoutrements and weird stuff, like you basically just need to figure out how to feed this thing and then everything else. I don't know. It, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes over time, right? Yes. There's this we, sense um, that you need to know everything up front, but I think a lot of it is like on the job training, so to speak. Oh God. Yeah, for sure. And like, <laughs> you can't really, it's funny. You can't really mess it up as long as you're being thoughtful and careful. But then at the same time, I always wonder about like the weird butterfly effect of like, like even, it, it, even things like we're changing her diaper and she's like a horrible poop and there's poop everywhere. And it's like up the front and the back. And like, we got to throw away the onesie. Cause it's just like, I can't deal with this. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and then I want, I like, even things like, I don't want to be like, oh, this is 
terrible, like horrible. Just like I don't want her to be afraid of poop. I don't, I don't want her to have hangouts. <laughs> so everything is just like, oh, great, great, okay. Like we started doing this thing recently where the the baby around six months, our pediatrician said we can start solid food. So you like make these purees of really bland like green beans and sweet potato. Mm-hmm. But um, some babies have an aversion to swallowing, to food, to different things. And so, like, we start – she's really paying attention now. Like, when we're eating, she's, like, watching and laughing and, like, just, like, very intently studying us, we realized. And mm. so we started doing this thing where the baby's just sitting there, not even part of the conversation, but we're eating and then, like, laughing while we're eating. Like, oh, great, to show her that eating is happy. But now we're, like, having this, like, demented dinner. <laughs> Just like eating a taco, like, mm, yum, no, very good. And the baby's just studying us, like, okay, got it. I got it. Okay. They like, that's good. Okay. Okay, so laugh, have, like, laugh, while eating, laugh while eat taco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Everything is weird, yeah. Oh, God, I love it, though. That's such a beautiful image. Yeah, it's it's fun. And then, I mean, I, I, we we aren't the first ones in our friends to have babies, which has been really nice. Like, we've gotten a lot of hand-me-downs and advice. But we also have, like, a lot of friends who haven't even – they're not sure if they want to. Some do, but they're way early on the – whatever, the journey or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so a lot of the fun for me is just handing the baby to, like, a friend who has no idea what to do and just watching them freak out. At least it, like, gives me some sort of, like, cathartic joy. Um, Michael was in town, and we just, like, handed the baby to Michael, and he <laughs> did a good job. He was patting her like she was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a bad, like, frame of reference, but I was just sort of like, is he petting our daughter? What is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I sometimes interact with dogs as if they're cats, and so I could see doing that to a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll approach a dog and be like, which is like something I do to a cat, but I feel like dogs don't really respond in the same way. Um, yeah. So that seems, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you've never been around a baby, like, um, yeah, you, the, what's the closest thing to a baby is, I guess, a dog. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, as long as you're nice to dogs, I mean, the baby doesn't know the difference. So that's 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 sweet. <laughs> the baby probably isn't going to be catching frisbees or anything like that, but um but otherwise. No, it's true. Like there's we keep having these really like basic zoology animal like development things where like a horse can walk on the first day and this little piece of crap can't be like <laughs> Like, how did any human ever survive? Like, that's that that comes up a lot too. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. God, it's uh, it's because those big brains, you know. They're loud. They're helpless. I sound like I don't like being a dad. I do. I do. Why am I struggling? I do like being a dad. I think. No, but I. I, I I th- I I mean, it's complicated, right? Because I feel like um, mm-hmm. we're sort of e- expected to not ever want to talk about the hard things um, about being a parent, and like though that's a real part of that experience. Um, just even the physiological stuff of being of no sleep, like that's a lot. That's a lot to yeah. adjust to. Um, so I don't know. I feel like there should be room to talk about that stuff without 
um, it without people taking it as like, oh, do you, did you not want this or whatever? Because like you're allowed to have right. have to really want and love a thing, and then also be like, oh, this is hard sometimes. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's 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 fascinating how quickly like the real talk begins with other parents, um, including like some of my best friends who are recent dads, and even though we both were like. They're, they're, you know, they were having a baby in April or August or something, and we were like five months behind them. It wasn't until after that they really like told us the truth about it. Mm. And one, you know, one of our friends, he said, like, you know, it's not really worth talking about almost because you just can't really understand what it feels like, all of it, the happiness and the horrible stress until afterwards so it's like what's the point of telling you about it you just have to like understand it by doing it and then my his wife my other friend said no actually we wanted you to come down to our level we want we wanted it to be too late for you to escape before we told you the truth uh-huh. and it's a little bit of it's a little bit of both it's it honestly is a little bit of both yeah yeah um what has been your favorite part of or what has been your sort of favorite event or thing that's happened so far Oh man, it's, um, it's a lot. Like every, every, every day is a lot. Like, um, well, the main, I mean, the main, the main thing I, so far every week has been my favorite week Uh compared to the before. And that's really exciting. Like I, we were talking, I, not to get into like my wife and I's like personal decision-making about our life and love and all that, but we had been thinking about it, talking about it. And then I had a lunch with, um, we had lunch with my friend, Derek, Yu, who I, is a video game person who yes. I've known since college. Spelunky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we, we went, we were college friends and I actually met Helen Joe through, through Derek. We all like learned how to play magic, the gathering together when we were like <laughs> 19 and now he, you know, he, he's a dad and, um, we went over to their house, um, and I think we were talking about trying to start a family, but we weren't sure yet. And then we went over there, and his daughter is adorable, really funny and loud. And, like, as soon as we walked in the door, she was like, it's Pikmin time! <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? And he's like, oh, yeah, like, we play Pikmin on Friday. And so, like, she's really excited to play Pikmin. And then she explained to me all the Pikmin lore mm. for, like, a really long time. And it was so cute and really fascinating. And she was, like, making up compound words and just, like, really great. And so after that, I was like, okay, this seems cool. And I imagined having a smart, fun toddler who I could re enjoy the world through their eyes and i sort of didn't imagine all the hard stuff getting from here to there mm-hmm. um so it's been it's been there's this weird feeling of like it's going by so quickly and it's easy to be like oh it'll be fun when like we can go to the zoo together or like or you know i can show her any number of things that are wonderful about the world like oh my god the first time she hears the b-52s like that'll be so <laughs> great but um a friend, you know, reminded me to just sort of like stop and enjoy all the little things. And I think like the the main big moment was um, they don't smile like mm. or acknowledge you for many months. Um, 
it's like they know you're there and like it's basically just like comfort or sleeping or yelling. Yeah. And so like you feel like you're helping because like, you know, the baby's upset and you can calm it down, but she doesn't really acknowledge like you exist. And then it gets really crazy. Like someone said, it's like being a POW in your own house, like the first six weeks, <laughs> um, which is probably a little glib to say, but like, I, I just feel, you feel like a captive um, and you have like a tiny person who's dictating everything about your life. And then right around the point where you're about to like lose it, like around six or seven weeks where you're like, if I shower today, it'll be like a great day. Like that's how low the bar goes for like life. Um, then they like, start making eye contact and then it gets really hard again and they like don't sleep and then it gets really tough and then like they smile for the first time mm. and so it's almost not to be like too oversimplistic about it but like it's almost like they're programmed like keep you from throwing them out the window <laughs> right like right at the moment where you're about to go insane they like show affection for the first time and and now like when i walk in the room she starts laughing and shouting and it's like literally the best it's like you know you're, you said you're a cat person more than a dog person, but that feeling when you come home and like the pet is so excited to see you. Yeah. It's like that. It's like that every day and just like shouting and yelling. And I mean, it's kind of great now. So <sighs> that's awesome. That feels good. The part where they're just like a slug who like doesn't acknowledge your existence. And it feels very much like the picture of Dorian Gray or like some sort of like they're just like sucking the life out of you. Like <laughs> I got. I got fatter. I got tired. I got like I look like shit. Um, I. You know, it really does feel like the life is like flowing from me to her. And she's like <laughs> effervescent and happy. And I'm I'm turning into I'm confronting dad identity, whatever that really means. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's happening. <laughs> it is happening. I feel like yeah. a different person. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a natural part of the whole whole process. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm waiting for this like hot dad phase that everyone seems to be <laughs> the much talked about. But um, right now, I just look constantly look like someone punched me in the face. Like I'm confused. <laughs> I'm wrinkly. I'm like tired. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure that'll. I I think it's gonna it's gonna get better. You know, I think you'll you'll pull out of that at some point. Yeah, I want to like solidify into like looking like the Truvago guy at some point. That'll be... <laughs> that's, a, that's a good goal. Hashtag goals. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, this has been super fun. Um, it's been great talking to you. Is there anything that like hasn't really come up that you uh, that you would like to, to mention? Or do you think that's basically uh, covered all of your dad feelings for the day. I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you are very tired and also have to work. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's fun to talk about. I, I think the one thing that has been really nice, like not to be saccharine, but like there's a lot, it's a really interesting shorthand to like connect with other people. Like, in a good way, not in an annoying way. Like, I don't necessarily love strangers talking to me, but like when you're out with the baby and there's other parents or especially other dads and like there's this sort of like dad nod that happens. Like mm -hmm. we're both tired. We both have a baby in the Bjorn and there's a little like head nod thing happening. Um, that uh, it's been really nice to like, it's like a weird fraternity now. So I'm happy <laughs> to be 
then again, there's like a bunch of assholes who are dads too. So that's not, but I will say like, <laughs> it's been an interesting sort of way to connect to uh, a lot of other friends and who are going through it. Like Dash Shaw texts me dad stuff all the time. Like we're just texting each other like, oh, she like said her first word today. And it's like, oh, cool. Hey, have you ever tried like a mesh feeder? It really helps with like <laughs> making sure that they like can figure out the purees. And we're, we're, previously we would be like, shit talking, you know, comics gossip and talking about whatever parade, you know, funeral parade of roses. And now we're talking about like, which, you know, bottle nipple is best for fast flow and slow flow. So, you know, nice. we're adapting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's fun to talk about. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, and I hope to hang out with you again soon. I was sad that I missed TCAF this year. Um, yeah, my first miss in a few years. Uh, we we did take we took about six months off from the comics thing, but um, I'm back into it now. I've carved out enough of my dad life. We have um, we have six frontier issues planned out, and they're really different than the stuff before. One is all ceramics, another is all weaving. So um, Amazing. we'll be announcing the news soon, and then we'll be back at the con circuit starting in the fall. So I will be there for TCAF next year, and I'll see you. I can't wait. Great. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I will see you then. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Cool. Bye, kiddos. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Say Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foil Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuis for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at dadfeelings and at staymeanco. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.